Isaac, good to be with you today. It's, uh, of course, March Madness time, so I'm representing with my UK Alumni Cup. You got on the shirt today, so I like to see that. Nice. So we're ready for some basketball tonight, but uh, also to get in the word with our coffee and uh, and talk about uh, the Lord Jesus today and uh, the way he works in our lives. Cheers to you. It is March. The Kentucky shirt. This one kind of blends in a little more than a lot of them. Mm-hmm. But like we're in the process of maybe putting in like five games in a week here. And so you got to save the true blue ones <laughs> right. when you need them. Right. Um, shouldn't need too much support, but got got this one in today. Right. That's good. Well, you got to watch those Vanderbilt Commodores. They're sneaky people. Their success depends on what shirts I wear. Like that's a proven <laughs> fact. Well, and whether or not you and I are in the arena, we're certainly never going to go to the arena to watch the play. Yes. We've done yes. that twice before with disastrous results. Yes, yes. Right. We learned that lesson, though. We do what we can. That's right. We're helping. We're helping yeah. them out today by not being there. So they should do well. Well, let's talk about what God can do, not what the cats can do, but what can God do? Um, because there's a scripture that has impacted my life tremendously, and I know it also has yours where Paul is writing in Ephesians chapter 3, and in verses 20 and 21, he says as a prayer, now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we can ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. That includes my generation, your generation, and all of them. Uh, talk a little bit about the impact of that verse in your life, and it'll help us set up what we're going to talk about today. I, that Paul ends prayers pretty nicely. Like that's the end of a prayer, as you mentioned, and it's, it's like that's so much better than in Jesus' name, Amen. Not right. that there's anything wrong with in Jesus' well, name. Yeah, I know, but we just tag it on there. We don't really but like. What it. if you finished every one of your prayers with "Now to Him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the power at work within us," like. like that brings your prayers to life um and i think that's this verse has impacted me multiple times throughout my life like one just the 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 rest of the verses that precede this closing from paul is just my heart for people including myself um so that paul says you know i'm praying these things for you that you that you know god that you know his love and that he gives you strength and that's kind of what that's why we do this uh that i hope that happens to me and to you and to anybody that, that watches it. But then to close it with that, like this is a verse that's hanging in, in my house, multiple places. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of our, our um, family mantra is to him who can do far greater than we can ask, think, or imagine. And I kind of like, to me, it's like, so this, this encourages me to dream big, like to think big things because right. It, like if I may write a book sometime and call it dream big, expect bigger. Like they talk mm-hmm. about you aim for the moon. Cause then if you fall, you're still amongst the stars or whatever. If you fall short, there you like, go. no, but that's not how God works. That's how like humans work. Like God says you aim for the moon and I'm going to take you to a couple galaxies over. Right. Like that's, you can't even think about what he's doing. Um, right. But then it's also like over time, this verse has met me at different spots and the part that jumps out to me now is 
Now to him who's able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think. So that's the God part, right? He's bigger. Yes. He can do greater. That's the dream big, expect bigger. Right. But wow. how does he do that? How does wow. he do it? He doesn't. You're not sitting on the couch and he just gives you more than you ever asked for. How does he do it according to the power at work within us? Right. He does it through us. And so there's this, this element of God's going to do this through you and it's, and it's, you're involved in it. And so his blessings that will outpunt anything that you can think of. Um, but it's, you're involved. He involves you. It reminds me of, uh, hold on, let me get there real quick. Psalm 86. We read this last night in our house group, but I didn't know I was going to talk about it. So I didn't have a bookmarked. Here it is. Psalm 86, 11. Highlighted in my Bible as teach me your way, O Lord, that I may walk in your truth. Whoa, wait a so, minute. Don't just teach it to me so I'll know it. Yes. And so I've got that highlighted in my Bible. And I have next to the teach me your way, O Lord. I have a dot, 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 why that I wrote. Why? Yeah. Why teach me your way? And mm. it's so that I may walk in your truth. And so it's like, did we learn? So like you go to church on Sundays, you go to small group, house group. Maybe you're doing a, a daily, weekly, semi-regular Bible study, regular, uh, regular Bible study. But why? Like why? Why is God? Why are you learning? Why are you learning? So that we may walk in His truth. Walk it out. Live it out. Walk with it. Yeah, that's absolutely great. And so. And again, this verse says he is able to do far more than we ask or think according to the power that works within us. And that power is working in us when we obey what he's called us to do. And so today we're going to look at a story, an example of how Peter found out this was absolutely true uh, when Jesus came to him one day and got in his boat uh, we're going to have a, a series of five discussions here, lessons learned in a boat with Jesus. What happens when Jesus gets in your boat? And in Luke chapter five, we see one of those occurrences. And really the, the message we're going to talk about today is based on Ephesians 3.20, more than you can imagine is waiting for you just beyond your obedience. It requires your participation. As Isaac said, it requires you to allow God's power to flow through you by doing what he's called you to do. And when you do that, you will experience more than you can imagine. But friends, that does require your obedience. So let's read uh, a familiar story here, and then we will talk about it. And, and what are the keys to obeying and following Jesus. So in Luke chapter five, on one occasion, while the crowd was pressing in on him to hear the word of God, he was standing by the lake of Genesaret and he saw two boats by the lake. So as we've read here, uh, Peter has just allowed Jesus to step into his boat. And when Jesus gets into your boat, everything changes, which we will see in this story, but we both have experienced that time where 
we know Jesus just got into the boat. He's taken over our life. You think about a time where that was uh, very real? Yeah, well, I think the first time in anyone's life is that moment of salvation, right? right? Like when you first let him in the boat of your heart. Um, for me, it was a time in life where I chose to kind of return to him from a prodigal moment and I packed up my things and actually moved into your basement. Um, and that was a time where, where Jesus was getting in the boat. Um, but similar to Peter here, it's like it doesn't it doesn't always just the change doesn't always happen at once. But you start piling up yeses, and the first of which is come get in this boat. But what's interesting to me is as you read through the first part of Luke five, there, like Peter was doing something else. He actually yes. wasn't in his boat. He wasn't in the boat either. Right. Yeah. Like um, it says, he saw Jesus saw the boats. The fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. That's an important part of the job. Like Peter's right. busy here; he's doing his life, right. and Jesus says, "Let's go get in that boat." And Peter says, "Yes." So that first yes, there's always an opportunity to say no. Like you're always there's busyness. Life is busy. Like Jesus is going to come to you and say, let's go do this. You might not even notice that he's standing in your boat because you're going to be, you're going to be doing other things. Yeah. That, that Peter's answer could have very easily been not right now. Find right. another boat. I got to get these clean because this is my job. Right. And he didn't say that. And so imagine the rest of the new Testament without Peter. Right. It would be pretty boring. Imagine Peter's life. If he had not, Without been Jesus. part of the New Testament, because really the New Testament without Peter probably would have gone the same way. It just would have been Jimbo instead. Right. Peter. Right. Yeah. Um, God's going to do what God's going to do. It's just. Yeah. He invites us to be a part of it. So an application to us, it's, you know, when we when we don't pay attention to Jesus and don't say yes to him, it's our life that misses out. We miss out on him in his in his workings and, and peter had an opportunity to say no here but he said yes the first yes was yes we can get in my boat well and actually jesus uh, actually jesus doesn't ask permission to get in the boat actually verse three is very interesting to me getting into one of the boats that's if he's yes. the, if he's that's the lord if he's the master he doesn't have to ask his permission to get in our boat he just gets in the boat but then he invites us to go with him that's true. He, he he's actually inviting Simon into the boat now. Yeah. As he gets into the boat and says, "Hey, let's I need you to help me do something here." Here, come step into your life with me. Yes, come step into your life with me. Your real life. And that's that was my experience. Was like, "Yeah, you've been living this life. It's not so much it was Jesus saying, "All right, now let's go do this for real." Like yeah. this is what you were designed to do now. Like, this is your life. And we'll get to Jesus's words to Peter later. Um, but but you're right. It starts out small. The process builds. And, and in, in some cases, it may build over a long time. It may be a short time. Here, he gets into the boat with Simon, and he asks him to put out a little from the land. He wanted to be able to talk to the people that were on the shore without the people on the shore crushing him. Yep. Because there were so many of them. He needed a little space between him and the audience. And so he asked Peter, would you just put out a little ways? 
And so the first ask is very reasonable, uh, not really faith stretching, but it's, it's getting Peter engaged in his own life, but in the message of Jesus. And Jesus is going to preach a sermon here from the boat. We're not told what it is, because this story is not about the sermon. No. It's about what happens after the sermon. Because he, he sits in Peter's boat, and he taught the people from the boat. And when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. Now it's getting bigger. The ask is bigger. In fact, this is an ask that, that sounds like, oh, Jesus is just going to help Peter catch some fish. But the process and what he's really asking him to do from Peter's perspective makes no sense whatsoever. He answers, Master, now it's important he called him Master. Master, we toiled all night and took nothing. But at your word, I will let down the nets. And when they had done this, they enclosed a large number of fish and their nets were breaking. So this didn't make sense to Peter. Middle of the day, deep water, put out your net. We, you know, we really do our fishing at night in the shallow water. Usually do pretty well, but this... This time we didn't catch anything. Peter's thinking, I'm not sure there are any fish in, in the Sea of Galilee anymore. But again, because of who it is that's asking him, because it's Jesus, you tell me to let down my net, I'm going to let down my net. He obeys the command of his master. And if he is the master, it's the only choice we have, right? Yes. This this reminds me of actually two of our recent episodes mm -hmm. um yes one one we just did last week but we we're talking about wrapping up the book of jonah right and how jonah had the freedom to speak to god how jonah really felt and you see this again here with peter because peter he didn't just do it he did tell jesus this one i don't think this is gonna work like just so you know this is where i've been in case you didn't know like i like he offered that up, but he finished it with, but I will do it because you asked me to do it. And so an application for us, like God's going to tell you things that don't make sense. And it's okay for you to think they don't make sense. It's okay for you to tell him you don't think they make sense. Right. But your best on your way, option, to doing your best it. response is to then do it. Right. Um, but the, the, he doesn't just expect blind um, following that you can communicate with him. The dialogue is perfectly fine. Yes. He doesn't rebuke Peter for for uh, for this conversation. He's just but standing then, there looking at him, waiting for him to put the net and waiting for him to do the last thing he told him to do. And friends, this, Jesus may have told you to do something three weeks or three months or three years ago. You haven't done it yet. He's waiting. For you to cast your net, put your net in the water. At your word, Lord, I will do it. And this story, this story shows one of our first episodes, which was Colossians one. Yes, right in Colossians one, where it says, uh, "Asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of His will and all spiritual wisdom, so that you would walk and do it." Right. So that was yes. Push out, push out. So Peter at first is like, "Okay, I'll do that." I will be obedient to what you have, to what I know your will to be. But then the next ask, he stretches it further as it says that you increase in the knowledge. 
And then you go back, back and now that you've increased in the knowledge, he's asked you to do something else. Now it's on us to fill it again, to be filled with that knowledge of his will, and then to go do that again. So like we talked in the intro of this, it's we are filled. He teaches us. He he lets us see his will so that we would do it. Right. And so Peter says, yes, he does it. God stretches it. And then Peter says, yes, and he does it. And God stretches it again one very large time here at the end then, right. um, which we'll get to here in a minute. But it's this, it's this that's the execution of that Colossians 1 verses, right? That, that God calls you to do something. Say yes, go do it. It's a lifetime and a cycle of yes, Lord. He's going to keep doing that. And each time he does it, it's going to bring you closer to him. It's going to, it's going to require bigger steps of faith on your end. You're going to know more of his will. You're, you're going to, that, that thing he asked you to do before that didn't make sense, it's going to start to make some more sense now. And then you get three or four yeses down the road. And you can look back at that first yes and be like, good golly, that thing's clear as day now. Right. That, yeah. Why did it take me so long? Because he's expanding that? your exposure to his will. And building. But, and and building each one building. of those inflection points is an opportunity for you to say yes and to say no. Right. And the no has a cost. And the yes has far more than you can imagine waiting on the other side of it. In yep. Peter's case here, he said yes. He put down his net. He didn't think it would work. He did it anyway because it was Jesus. And now he's got more fish than he's ever seen before. His nets are breaking. And at this moment, friends, when you're obeying God, part of the more that he does, the far more than you can ask or imagine, is the impact that your decision to obey him has on other people's lives. Because there are other fishermen watching this. There are other people in, in Peter's fishing crew that are watching this. And so... Uh, the amazing thing here is the impact it has on other people. Uh, and when they had done this, they enclosed a large number of fish. Their nets were breaking. They signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both the boats so that they began to sink. And so other people are experiencing and getting in on the miracle here because one man did what God told him to do. And the impact of that twice. is far beyond, yeah, twice, little and big, and now the impact far beyond anything that we could ask or imagine. So uh, this is what's waiting for your obedience. Just do what God's called you to do. And then beyond that obedience, you will see far more than you can ask or imagine. It will impact other people. You'll be able to share the blessing with more people. And they will experience this and begin to do what God's called them to do as well. Now, and it's not always it doesn't always mean the fish like it doesn't it doesn't mean it's not, not a prosperity gospel that you you say yes and then you're gonna you're gonna have all this the fish translates to money and you're gonna you're gonna be taken care of and blessed in that way um but what I do think every like sometimes that'll happen sometimes right. that will happen uh that's how God chooses to do it but but I think every single time you say yes to God, you are blessed with this this fulfillment of your own purpose because he's he's calling you to do things that he's prepared you to do, that he's made you to do. He created you to do things. Right. And so those are the things that he's calling you to do. Um, it says that he's that in Ephesians that he's prepared good works for us to do. Yes. Right? And it so it's like the, the, those are the things he's calling you to do. And so when you feel a tug, 
when you feel him asking you to do something, he's already prepared you to do it and he's already prepared it to be done. And so like, as you, as you complete those tasks through his strength, you will always step further into your own purpose, your purpose on this life mm -hmm. not in this, on this planet for this life. Like you're made for a reason and his, his requests of you, when you say yes to them, bring you into that. And so you see that here with Peter, as he stacks a couple yeses, he ends up being a disciple of Jesus and ultimately becomes a fisher of men, which Jesus tells him here. And that was his purpose. If he had not said yes to Jesus, he doesn't realize that. Right. He doesn't experience the power of God working through him. He's pulling these fish out of the water, realizing he had nothing to do with this catch. This yeah. is a miracle of God. This is the power of God working through me. This is what God's able to do far beyond we can ask or think according to the power in us. He's enabling Peter to participate in this. And Peter never loses the wonder of this. He's humble. He falls down at Jesus's knees here now in verse eight, saying, depart from me, for I'm a sinful man, O Lord. He's seen the contrast between his life, who he is, and who his master is, and who Jesus is, the man who created the fish, who calls the fish, put the fish in the sea, has allowed him to catch them. And verse 9 is so instructive, for he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. So all of his crew and his partners along with him, are astonished and amazed at what Jesus has just done. Um, and, and they're wondering, who is this in our boat? And Jesus speaks for the final time in this story, do not be afraid. From now on, you will be catching men. And when they had brought their boats to land, full of these fish, they left everything, fish included, and followed him. It wasn't about the fish. It was about the master who had allowed them to catch the fish. I picture them that first uh, then disciple trip into town and like Peter and James and John still have their fishing poles and like Jesus has to stop them from like hooking guys and like, wait, I thought you said fish for men. men. <laughs> like, um, but this this is what will happen as you start stacking yeses that eventually back your yeses. Yes. Eventually your life is going to be following him. And what that means is that you will be called to leave everything and follow him. Yes. So the first couple yeses, Peter is still very much in the fisherman role. He's just right. doing things he's done before. He's doing them different and they don't make sense to him, but it's Jesus asking him to do it. And so he's going to do it. Um, but as he continues to stretch us, there will be a time when you have to make that decision. And this is that, like, again, you get a chance to say yes or no here. And I think right. so many Christians get to this stage and they 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 choose to stay. Got this they choose to stay. And Jesus, Jesus yeah. leaves and they're not right. following him because they He's wanted to born. stay where they were. They did not leave everything behind. Right. Yes. But Peter does, and the story develops. God continues to work in him, continues to develop him as a disciple. He becomes the leader of the apostles. His name is always mentioned first. 
And then after the resurrection, he's restored because he's failed and, and you and I fail too, but he's restored to Jesus. Jesus gives him a new assignment, feed my sheep. But that's <laughs> those are the men he's now going to catch. But if we could just take a moment and flip over to Acts chapter two, uh, I just want us to see that having surrendered to the Lord Jesus and believing that he would actually work in his life uh, over the appropriate amount of time to prepare him to then fish for men. In Acts chapter two, at the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit comes upon Peter and the rest of the disciples. They're all speaking the word with boldness. They've got a tremendous crowd of people trying to figure out what's going on. And it's Peter who stands up in verse 14 and starts preaching and quoting scripture, which he had never really done before the spirit come upon him. But now he's preaching and a great, uh, a great catch is about to happen. He's putting his net into a different water here. But he says, but uh, Peter standing with the 11 lifted up his voice and addressed them men of Judah and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and give ear to my words. For these people are not drunk, as you suppose, since it is only the third hour of the day. But this is what was uttered through the prophet Joel. And in the last days it shall be, be declares the Lord, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. And he's he's quoting from the prophet Joel and showing them that what he talked about is happening right now. The Holy Spirit is being poured out. The result of that is we go over to verse 37 to 41. Now, now when they heard this, Peter went on to preach a, an incredible sermon about Jesus, the Christ, the Messiah, the risen one. Um, and in fact, verse 36, let all the house of Israel therefore know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom you crucified. Now, when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, brothers, what shall we do? And Peter said to them, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promises for you and for your children and for all who are far off, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. And with many other words, he bore witness and continued to exhort them, saying, save yourself from this crooked generation. So those who received his word were baptized, and there were added that day about 3,000 souls. And so there was the great catch. He's fishing for men now, not fishing for fish. Uh, who could have imagined all that God would do? Because he said yes to the God man who was standing in his boat. Not Peter. He couldn't imagine it. And no. that's what God tells us. that He's going to go above and beyond anything that we can imagine. Um, and, and it started that that journey. Those 3,000 souls that were added that day because of, of Peter's sermon started with him on that beach, cleaning those nets. Jesus gets in his boat and says, hey, we push me out a little bit. Yep. And he's, he didn't say, no, I'm busy. He said, yes, Lord. Right. And, and that's so, how all of our journeys start. Yes, they start with a little yes. I said yes to teaching third grade Sunday school when I was 17 years old. I had no idea what I was doing. I said yes to the ministry when I was a professor of agricultural engineering 
uh, quit our jobs, moved our family to Louisville, Kentucky to seminary. I said, yes, Lord, to go back and be the associate pastor at Dublin Baptist Church for 16 years. Then I said, yes, join the ministry of EE and work with hundreds of churches. And then I became the national director, shepherding 60 missionaries around the United States, helping churches multiply the gospel. And now I've said yes to being the senior pastor of a church in Columbus, North Carolina, to help them live out these principles here and around the world. So and uh, who could have a podcast host and a podcast and a podcast host and and talking about the scriptures with my oldest son every week. (laughs) If God would have told you when you were agreeing to teach third grade Sunday school that you'd be a podcast host. (laughs) Right. Talk about above and beyond anything you could imagine. (laughs) That's true. There was no imagining that. (laughs) And and who knows what's next? Who knows what's next? We don't. You don't. I don't. But if he says do it, we're going to do it. We're going to put our net in the water and catch some fish, catch some men. We're going to do whatever he tells us to do because it's through that obedience that you experience far more and you can ask or imagine. So what's he asking you to do, my friend? And have you done it? And I would encourage you to go do it. Go. It's going to be the best thing for you. Absolutely. And you, and you will be amazed at what happens as he directs and guides your life. God bless you as you do so. See you next week. More boats. More boats.